Hello. Hello. Coming in live. Well, recorded. <laughs> From the Kansas City area. This is episode number two of Kitty Vomit. Kitty Vomit. And I am Dr. Cheryl Hemmer, and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a shelter veterinarian. And I'm Dr. Becky Zolotta. I am a small animal veterinarian in the Kansas City area. Hope everybody's having an amazing day. It is beautiful out in the Kansas City area. Yeah, it is. Rejuvenating, warmth, spring in life. It's here among us. <laughs> so Cheryl, what are we celebrating today in your life? Oh, yes. Yes. So yeah, today's, I mean, today we're just going to take you on a, a table talk with us. Um, we uh, and interview each other, talk about what's coming up for us and what's coming up in the veterinary community. Uh, and back to your question, Becky, uh, what am I celebrating so I am celebrating self-care and vacation time. This is the first time I've taken uh, since I got out of vet school almost four years ago now. We haven't taken be- a vacation in four years? Well, this is the longest vacation okay. I've taken since we got out of vet school. <laughs> so I took two weeks of work off. I went to Florida for one week and I got to sit by the ocean, not with the spring breakers. I avoided the spring breakers in Miami, but on Miami beach. Uh, and I got to hang out with some girlfriends and, uh, and then I quarantined for a week after I got back. And, uh, it was so nice just to like rejuvenate and, and take some time for myself and to just be when I usually am doing, 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 a lot at work. <laughs> well, I was thinking too, I'm like four years, we've taken a vacation since then, but we usually do vet stuff. Yeah. Like we go to conferences and make a vacation out of it. We go to mm-hmm. conference for a few days and still happen, which is nice. And we haven't had the opportunity to do that in the last year-ish. Um, but I am proud of you that you have, you went to the beach. I know that was the one thing that you were missing out on was getting some sunshine. Yes. Especially this Midwestern winters can be cold and dark. So I'm very proud of you for taking time to do that for yourself. Thanks. That's amazing. Yeah, it was good. We all need a little self-care. Um, and even a little self-care can go a long way. So. Yeah. And you got a new tat. Oh, yeah. I got a tattoo while I was in Miami. <laughs> Safely. Safely. <laughs> I was wearing my mask, guys. <laughs> Clean so, needles. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you? What have you been celebrating this week, this last few weeks? Yeah. So one big thing that I did for myself <laughs> in my life is I got a puppy. Oh, my gosh. She's she, sitting right here, you guys. She's so cute. Her name is Penny Pickles, and she's a 13-week-old Yorkie. Did I ever think I was going to have a Yorkie? I always thought I'd get a a small dog eventually, and Yorkies were always on my mind. But I didn't think it was going to happen all all of a sudden. But she came into my life. She was a little little sickly thing, and I took care of her, and then I kept her. So it was fantastic. She's been a treat, but 
damn puppy teeth are sharp (laughs) (laughs) and i know i have this conversation with people over and over and over and over again but i haven't had a puppy in 15 years and i'm like oh my gosh what is happening they're everywhere she runs around everywhere she was wearing a cat bell because her whole one and a half pound body is just i could smush it with one step and she's getting into things and she's chewing on things and she's chewing on me and the cats and oh my gosh it has been an experience and i can just relate more to my clients because i know i say things and i'm telling them and teaching them and trying to come up the best plan for their puppies but now that i'm doing it for myself i'm like oh my gosh like i'm trying to make it fun and staying patient and being persistent um and just she's keeping me on my toes for sure. But I am very excited to have a little puppy back into my life. Yeah. And she's, she's like so adorable. Like she's, and she's like the, she's the quietest little, little pup pup. Like she was quiet in her kennel all last night. I was very impressed. (laughs) How did you know that she was the one? She just kind of, I mean, I wasn't looking for a dog. She, just happened to get, uh, she was a little sickly. I brought her, took care of her. And then her, she just kept staring at me. Like she was staring into my soul. And I named her Penny. Um, and one of the other technicians called her, she goes, I want to call her Pickles. And at first I was like, oh, okay. Like that's cute. But I already named her Penny. Thank you. But we can give her a middle name. Her name can be Penny Pickles. And then it took me a second And I realized Pickles was the nickname I had for my dog that passed away last year, Mickey. We called him Mickey Pickles because he was an old cucumber. (laughs) 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 He was an old man. So I called him Pickles in his later years. And it just was like, oh, man, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just knew that I needed to take her home with me and she needed to be part of my life going forward. Um, and. And she came home and it's been great. And she's now part of the clan. The cat's still, yeah. Huey is like uh, Hugh Jackman. For those of you who know, I have Hugh Jackman and, and uh, Bruce Wayne that also live with me. Um, but he kind of took to her a little bit first and he likes to kind of beat her up a little bit. But otherwise, he's very, very gentle with her when he's trying to play. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bruce, my older cat's just like, uh, no, thank you. Um, that I'll, I'll be over here. But everybody's getting along as much as I think is possible at this point. And they're doing, I think they're doing well. They're doing really well. So that was yeah. my celebration for the week or the last couple weeks. Yeah. I was super impressed to see, um, just, she's such a good little puppy. <laughs> I mean, she's the opposite of my black lab puppy that, you know, when I when she was a puppy three years ago, <laughs> she was like, she is a wild, like, a much more um, crazy to contain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Containing the crazy. Containing, yes. Trying to contain crazy is for sure <laughs> a challenge. Um, but sometimes you got to let them be crazy. I feel like I just let her, like this morning, let her out loose in the backyard and she's playing and chasing and fetching and running around and eating the grass and eating the leaves. And she's just going for it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, it's so cute to watch. And of course, like, I wish I could bottle a puppet energy and take it myself, but, um, it's been going really well overall. 
Oh, it sounds like she's teaching you. And she's like your good little companion. Yeah, she gets to be a hiking dog, though. You mean hiking dog? Yes, you do. <laughs> she may not know it yet, but she <laughs> there's a lot of camping and hiking in her days to come. Where are you going to take her hiking? Ooh, I mean, my favorite all spots, just Colorado in general. She gets to visit Colorado. Yeah. For sure. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yeah. Even though she's probably going to be in my backpack, but that's okay. She gets to walk around a little bit. Mm. Leash training. Oh, oh, my gosh. She put the leash on her, and she's like, what is this? Why is there a leash on me? She didn't quite get it yet. <laughs> that's okay. It. We're all practicing and learning. <laughs> yes. But that was my celebration for the week. Oh, so good. Yes. What are you celebrating at your your current job or your your work? Anything new this week or last week? Oh, I mean, we are starting to uh, really open or talking about opening the clinic back up. I think we're going to go back to clients coming to the office and be able to actually have that interaction, which I think will be great. It'll be great to start seeing clients again safely. Mm-hmm. and calmly I think we have a whole procedure in hand and um it's going to be it's going to be really really good um it's going to be some changes though for sure I mean we had a big change going from clients inside the building to curbside only and then we for a little bit in this area we lessened up restrictions and so the clients were coming back in and then they were t- and then we decided no so there's been a lot of changes and some challenges with all of that for sure and the challenges that come from not only changing the way our routine is but the um Mm -hmm. the challenges of just having such an influx of of patients and and new clients and so to see so definitely getting set up for that and being able you know like setting that intention to be able to get through it together as a team Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, we were talking about just like how COVID has kind of, well, I was asking you more like how how COVID has impacted um, your job and like how, how do you think, I think my question was like, how do you think um, it has caused like your clinic to change, to shape or, or Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like for me, what I'm seeing is like a lot of practices or or like burnouts getting a little worse, like things are getting a little busier in in some clinics, but I was just trying to figure out like why that is and what is your insight on that? Yeah. I mean, I know that one thing I think we've, people have discussed, I know this has been going, you know, we've been discussing this in different uh, platforms or so is people have gotten more dogs in quarantine. I mean they're at home, they wanted companionship, so they go and get a pet. I think like at one point, some of the shelters were like emptied out, which are amazing because people went and got a pet and or fostering also became more popular so that, you know, we had something something at home to take care of. There was mm-hmm. that. I know with our clinic, um, you know, we had, unfortunately, we had some other clinics around us that weren't able to stay open or people got sick. And so we had an influx of more clients and more patients and more sick pets. Um, we also did have a moment where we didn't see much wellness and it was a lot of sick pets that were coming in. 
And I feel like this is an, uh, an opportunity to see what what worked and what didn't work. What we get to work on, um, I think one of the biggest challenges was the setting of boundaries for people mm -hmm. and knowing that we are trying the best that we can to see as many pets and to help as many pets as possible and as safely and uh you know like not only for us but for also like making sure we are not overdoing it and so the co compromising any sort of patient care um and we've done a great job of it and this is a great time to reflect on and say hey what worked what didn't work where are those boundaries that we want to create for ourselves and that's where we're at in our clinic. And it's been amazing, amazing conversations to have with people. Mm -hmm. And also some, you know, some, convers you know, people who have been at my clinic for a long time know that it's hard to say no to people because we want to save people, you know, we want to help and save as much as we can and be there for clients. And what, you know, what are the stories that are coming up for people when we're having to say no? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think, uh, challenging when we're just like, I mean, in my experience, like veterinarians are just so giving and just want to like be there for every, every little, little creature that needs support, at least like even at my shelter, it's like, yep, we gotta, we get to save them all. And then, you know, we only have like so much resources as one place. And so like what kind of um like I'm curious what kind of techniques have you guys put into place or like how do you like how could someone create a boundary with either clients or like mm -hmm. you personally as a veterinarian like what are the steps that that like we could take because I think that's something that everybody's working on and it's a good quality to Mm -hmm. set in stone yeah and i think number one for me has been setting that um i don't want to call it an expectation that space that just because you say no does not make you a bad person just because we say no does not make us a bad clinic um, we are trying and doing the best that we can and coming from that space. We are, mm -hmm. you know, keep in and if they're ha somebody's having a bad conversation, you can tell or, you know, somebody's trying to say no and maybe the client's not being, you know, uh, understanding because they're having their own emotional issue or emotional state coming up for them regarding their pet, like making sure that we are supporting our each other in those moments. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody seems to be having a bad day, going in and talking to them about it. Um, if somebody, you know, something how, especially with the doctors, like how can we support our support staff? They're the ones answering the phones necessarily. You don't want me answering the phone. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone do I have minimal skills in using my computer and uh, our scheduling services. Like I just, the information that the receptionists and other people have in uh, regarding how the clinic works is, is so much more than me. Mm -hmm. um, but no, like, if there is a situation, like it sounds like somebody is like, is that for me, I can kind of tell sometimes if I'm walking by, like something's happening, this doesn't seem right, energy's off somehow. Like, hey, what's going on? How can I support you? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the biggest part for me is how can we support exactly what that looks like and what 
like mechanics of it. I don't really have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now for me, it's just mostly making sure that we're supporting each other in that it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. You are still a good person. You, We are still a good clinic. We are trying the best. We are doing the best that we can. And that is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like just like really having the conversation, talking it out, and then also getting support. And I can imagine like not only getting support in your clinic, but also like, you know, giving them another option like you were kind of saying, giving them another option, like getting the support of their community or other veterinarians that also could maybe have the resources to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like some of those patients or, or how, do, how yeah. does that work? Yeah. I mean, like our one thing too is our intention is not to make work more work for other people. I think it's more we need to know what our limit is. And unfortunately, sometimes that may mean that the client needs to go to the emergency, you know, or yeah. um, if they feel it's something life-threatening or you're not going to get an appointment today is the other one, you know, like, hey, you know, triaging over the phone or teaching how to triage, I think is one thing. Like your dog's head's been, sh- you know, he's been shaking his head for a week. He seems aggravated and um, aggravated or in pain and it's been a week now Then, and they want to see be seen today. Like, Unfortunately, we can't. I can see you three days from now. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to offer. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Saying I'm sorry too is sometimes like, how do I say? Because you want to be, you, you can't, I don't want to be sorry. I can't help you, but you know, you're still being compassionate. Um, so if somebody has something else out there that they could share, the wordage that they use, that'd be great. But you know, we have this availability for you and you feel free to look around and see if anybody else can help you. And if they can, great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll see you at your appointment time. Right. And making room for the emergencies, you know, those uh, mm-hmm. respiratory distresses, those hit by cars, like still being able to manage those, you know, those rare, real life-threatening emergencies mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Handling the emergency that you can. And then it sounds like reaching out for mm-hmm. or allowing, giving the, the owner an option and, and also like, you know, not letting them feel left, left without an option. Correct. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, ow, she just bit me. Puppy biting. Here's your chewy. Pen, it's penny playtime over penny here. Penny playtime. She's having a good time with her little <laughs> chewy. Um, yeah, like giving them options, making sure that we are providing some sort of other information, you know, so they're not left in the dark. Mm. And then knowing that they can choose to to do what they what they need to do with that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what about the shelter world? Did you guys? I know you haven't been in at your place for through the whole pandemic, but did you talking to other your coworkers feel like there was some sort of influx or around the pandemic? Or? Yeah, I would. From what I've been ex, what we've been experiencing, um, or what I've been experiencing, honestly, is um, unfortunately a lot of owners needing to surrender their pets more Mm -hmm. as of late. Um, 
and I don't know the exact statistic statistics on that, but um, like with COVID affecting, you know, people financially and businesses going down and especially small businesses, um, it's just been a little tougher time. And so there's been what I've noticed is, a, is an influx in the in the shelter, um, you know, where the, the main shelter in the community I'm in. And so we get everything from the strays to the, to, you know, the owner surrenders to animal, you know, cruelty cases, the animal control brings in. And um, uh, it's been, you know, um, it's going to start to get a lot more busy now with kitten season coming up. And kitten so season. thus the vacation um, and <laughs> thus the also, you know, learning how to also uh, create boundaries and try to find other resources as there's going to be an, an influx of, of, you know, animals this summer um, with, with all the new life and, and, <laughs> kittens and animals running around spring brings yeah in, in the the warmth um of the year so so yeah that's been that will be um i would say like our biggest i would you know what i foresee as our biggest challenge coming up and and to avoid burnout for you know i worry about you know people at my work as well mm-hmm uh, and, you know, another thing um, kind of bringing us to that point, like what we kind of talked about too, like as what do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge in our community right now and in the veterinary community specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, biggest challenge, I mean, right now, I feel like it's just learning. It goes back to work-life balance, I think. Mm-hmm. And you setting the boundaries of when and setting your own personal boundaries too. I feel like it doesn't necessarily just mean with the clinic or management or the, your schedule, but what are you, you know, how are you setting yourself up for the day? How are you knowing, you know, you'd be, I think most people probably work at least 10 hours or so. Um, how can you set yourself up for the day? How can you set yourself up so that you are able to leave early? Like, are you, are you the type, you know, or for me, it comes and goes, I can, some days I'm like, I am leaving at six, no matter what, you know, about you know, my follow-ups are not, cur- ow, puppy bites, um, are not urgent. Um, I can wait. I want to leave at six. So I'm able to go do so and so and so, but then there's some days that I feel like I can't leave. And I got this, I got that, I got this going out of inpatients, I got this to treats and, oh no, I need to make sure I'm um, making sure my inpatients are okay for the night and blah, blah, this and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm not setting myself up. I'm not asking for support. I'm not asking for that help that potentially could, if we all helped each other, or if I'm asking for that help could lead to all of us leaving a little bit or not early, but leaving on time. Mm-hmm. So setting myself up for a win. Um, for that. So, and so that leading to, I guess what I'm trying to say is burnout, mm-hmm. essentially. How can I try to help prevent that for, for myself? How about you? Yeah. No, that's exactly what was coming up for me. I think 
getting burnout um, is definitely the one of the bigger issues in the community. And I guess like for me, it's like if we could define that, like what do you think what do you think it means to be burnout? So that's like a I think people I feel like people use that term a lot. Yeah. For me and and maybe we get to well get to do another episode on the burnout. When I mm-hmm. when I feel I start getting burnout is when I start numbing. Like my I go I don't just feel all my emotions. Like it's like I don't have time to feel my emotions, so I kind of numb myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel the sadness or the frustration. I'm just or the happiness, I'm just numb. And mm-hmm. even sometimes too, that may lead to like, oh my gosh, am I actually being compassionate or am I faking this right now because I'm trying to make it through the day? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I'm telling my, that's when that, oh shit, I may be burned out. I may be, this has been too much. I have not given myself that time to recharge. I'm, you know, working on fumes for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's what it's felt like for me um personally how about you yeah um yeah I know actually I was feeling very similar about that um like when I am not uh well I feel like there's so much to do that I don't have the time to sit and give myself space to be or process or mm-hmm. um or actually just sit down and be like oh what was I thinking in that moment like was it something that was actually serving me? Like, was it, did I have, you know, is there, was there a conversation that I avoided with somebody that I need to go back to? And it's like, sometimes it's just like the time. It's like, there's so much for us to, you know, sometimes it feels like there's so much work that it, that I make the excuse that there's not enough time to like for me or Mm -hmm. not enough time to for the even like a few minutes of self-care a few minutes of journaling or yeah a few minutes like I mean one time I'm like there's this cat that I was really close to that I knew when you had to euthanize and I was like I'm going to take the time to go sit down and cry with him and feed him his last meal and and um and I just knew I needed to do that. But like, I don't feel like I get that space or maybe I don't make that space for myself mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So here are the last couple of minutes of us, of our recording today. What is something that you can do here this week to help you um, fill up your cup? Yeah. Per se. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I always say that that you can't give unless you fill up your own cup. Um, yeah. Like in addition to like my morning, um, I do some cycling in the morning that like really supports me. Um, but one habit that I wanted to try to like incorporate was really like, you know, maybe every like two to three hours of my day, like kind of go back and through like, Hey, what, what happened in this last three hours? Because it was a lot of stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah. what were some of my, you know, what were the, some of the like negatives that came out of it? And like, how can I process that? Like, and, and when I say negative, I mean, like, 
you know, what were some of the maybe like sad parts or hurtful parts or angry parts, like you said, and like process through some of that. Because mm-hmm. there's something here I need to work on. And, um, you know, like really just giving permission to do something like that, I think I haven't done. And it would be, you know, interesting. You, mm-hmm. What about you? Well, I'm curious. You said permission. Who are you asking permission? No, like giving, uh, you know, like maybe writing like a one thing we talked about with um, Brene Brown with like writing yourself a permission slip like give yourself oh, permission yeah no I think that to, yeah to, to breathe <laughs> yeah. I think one thing would mean like definitely heading up the cycling just to get that energy going in the morning but would be giving that moment of the uh, a moment to pause and just be and remember taking a deep breath Remember where you're at, grounding ourselves at that moment, seeing what, you know, okay, what's occurred, perfect, what gets to still happen, perfect, and then letting or letting it go if it was something that maybe kind of threw us off for the day, Um, but taking the opportunity to just be, um, Mm. be silent and know that it's going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Becky. Well, thank you, Dr. Dr. Cheryl. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I want to invite our audience to also, you know, tell us what you're celebrating. Tell us how you work through boundaries with your, you know, with yourself, your clients, whoever, and uh, also let us know, you know, what what supports you and and taking time for yourself in the day. And we acknowledge you for listening and we hope you listen to our next episode. You know, things we're thinking about, maybe talking about burnout, but give us some other ideas. Great. Have a great 